Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're joining us for live coverage of the 1908 London Olympic Games. That was the Olympic hymn played there. And that was the Olympic hymn played there by... Is it done? Shall I go? I don't know. Is that the end? That was the Olympic hymn played there by the London Symphony Orchestra. You're joining us in the studio for live coverage of the 1908 London Olympic Games, coming to you live from Shepherd's Bush in the newly built White City Stadium. I'm joined now in the commentary box by the head of the Australian National Athletics League, the ANAL. Ah, oh, yeah, that's a real acronym and, and one that we're regretting. Snowy Baker, it's wonderful to have you with us. Ah, oh, yeah, no bother. So you've been absolutely instrumental in helping to bring these games to life. Ah, oh, yeah, no, I do my bit. But these games weren't even supposed to be happening in London at all, were they? No, so this was supposed to be Rome, I wait. Supposed to be Rome's games. And then about 18 months ago, uh, Mount Vesuvius erupted. And, and the Italians, and, and fair play to them, the Italians were like, oh, could, can we not? Like, I don't want to be a bitch about this, but could we not do this? Like, we got a lot on. You know, like half the town's covered in lava. Could we just not? And, uh, and, and good on them. The Brits were like, oh, yeah, we'll do it. We'll take that off your hands. Uh, that's Britain's favourite thing, isn't it? Just coming up and taking something that doesn't belong to them, passing it off as their own. Um, well, I don't know about that. I'm talking about your Elgin marbles. Well, the stadium has been built incredibly quickly. Only about a, a year ago, where we are right now in Shepherd's Bush, I mean, there was nothing there. It, it was just marshland. Yeah, I mean, it was literally a shepherd's bush. There's nothing. couple of sheep. I mean, there was absolutely nothing here. And, uh, yeah, 12 months ago, they put the first brick in, built this whole stadium from scratch. And, uh, and now here we are. You know, I mean, I don't like the Brits, but you can't say you're not impressed. So these Olympics are running alongside the Franco-British exhibition. And again, that's something that's been built entirely from scratch and now stands at 140 acres, all of it in this brilliant white, uh, nicknamed the White City, as perhaps it will be known for many years to come. It really takes your breath away, this in- incredible architecture, this beautiful, intricate panelling, almost like the Taj Mahal, but on an, an enormous scale. Uh, a lake, you know, swan boats that you can ride through it, a steam train, uh, all the countries of the world doing their own displays, live tigers, elephants, a working display of a waterfall. Um, I just think it, it really is an, incredibly impressive what they've built. Who are you explaining this to? Everybody knows. It's the most famous thing happening in the country at the moment. I just want to really hammer home how impressive it is and perhaps just perhaps in the future we won't remember why it was called the White City. 
I don't think anyone will forget that. And, you know, perhaps this incredible stadium that we're currently sat inside, this amazing circular stadium, will one day go on to be, you know, perhaps the home of, uh, you know, a television broadcasting corporation, perhaps. And maybe, you know, the end of the marathon will be marked out outside the revolving doors. I don't know, that seems an incredibly weird thing to describe. I just want to really paint a picture of, of where we are and what's going on. You seem absolutely obsessed with the future. Let's talk about the stadium. This is the first time that all the events at the Olympics are happening inside the stadium. And you've built an incredibly long section in the middle for the track and field. Yeah, so this is my fourth Olympics. I've been part of the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, since its inception, since Athens in 1996. Uh, and then we had 1900, Paris in uh, 1994, St. Louis. And, uh, and what we found is that, um, well, since you're so obsessed with the future, perhaps one day everyone will throw their javelin one after another. But at the moment, the javelin, we just throw it all at the same time and see who goes the furthest. And, uh, and in the past, when we've had that happening inside the running track, um, oh, we've been surprised by how far people are able to throw a javelin. And, and I don't want to describe it completely, but uh, listen, we've had a couple of runners impaled by a javelin. So for that reason, we've made the track section as long as possible. The cinder track for the running goes around the outside, and then outside of that are the cycling. So it's nice to have a designated space for the first time. So the French, for example, just made this absolutely tiny space for the track and field. And, uh, and then everyone just threw their javelin into a tree. So that was the end of that event. And there's a swimming pool as well. This is the first time we're having the swimming events inside a swimming pool. Yeah, in the past, we've just used any body of water we could find. Um, if you can see some water, get in that. And, uh, and so it's nice to have a swimming pool for the first time. And, uh, you know, oh, I don't want to talk about the French again, but um, they had some of their swimming events in the water, in the sea. And uh, the guy who currently holds the 400-metre freestyle record, I, I suspect he'll hold it for a while because um, when they set off, he, uh, he got caught in a riptide. So the current just took him past the finish line and he finished 45 seconds ahead of anyone else. We had to send a boat out to get him. He was about half a mile out to sea. And what kind of events can we expect in the swimming program? Oh, you've got all your classics, uh, the 200 metres, the freestyle, then you've got the underwater obstacle course and, uh, and the face-down plunge. Oh, yes, the face-down plunge. And so that, and stop me if I'm wrong, but that's just you get in the water, you, just, you lie like a starfish face down in the water and then you just see how deep you can plunge. Yeah, that's it. One of the most popular events at the Olympics, that's for sure. And is there a lot of skill involved with the face-down plunge? Now, what we're seeing increasingly is just the bigger you are, the deeper you'll plunge. So we're gearing up this afternoon for the opening ceremony. What kind of things can we expect? Oh, yeah, there's going to be a routine from the men's penny-farthing synchronised display team. Uh, so that'll be something to look forward to. And, and I'm personally looking forward to seeing the women's Danish gymnastic team coming out. They're not competing, they're just here to do a display. Right, because there aren't a lot of women competing at these games, are there? Oh no, there's loads. If anything, there's too many. Oh, I think you've got about 22 women competing here. And what kind of events will they be doing? Oh, you've got the women's tennis, you've got the women's archery, uh, you've got the women's uh, hop, step and jump. And what does the hop, step and jump involve? Oh, it does what it says on the tin, that's a hop, then a step, then a jump. And not to talk about the future again, but do you think perhaps that might one day be known as like perhaps the triple jump? No, I don't see a reason for that. I think hop, step and jump nicely says what it is. Sounds professional. Sounds dramatic. Hop, step and jump. 
Marvellous. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Snowy. You've been uh, a wonder to have in the commentary box. I'm sure you'll be back to assist us with some of the track and field events. Um, But now the opening ceremony is about to start. And I think if we can go down now, we can find one of the organisers behind the opening ceremony, one of the design team, uh, Walter Berry. Um, Can you hear us, Walter? (laughs) Thank you. Um, I'll try that. Walter? Walter, can you hear us? Yes. Wonderful. Uh, it sounds so exciting down there. Has it been an incredible experience working on this opening ceremony? No, no. I'm, I'm sorry, can I be honest? It's, it's absolutely dreadful. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm happy to have the job and everything, but this, is, this has been a nightmare from hell. God, I'm so sorry to hear that. What's going on? Right, um, I'm just trying to get everyone lined up for the Parade of Nations and, and Russia are nowhere to be seen. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> but where is Russia? Um, and it turns out they're using the wrong calendar. <laughs> what do you mean they're using the wrong calendar? We're on the Gregorian calendar and they're still using the Julian calendar because they want everyone to know that they've got their thing going on. So they're, they're, um, they're 11 days behind schedule. <laughs> well, when are they going to get here? They are going to get here just in time to miss the closing ceremony. <clears throat> I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, is everyone else there lined up, ready to go? No, I've got no Finland. <laughs> Where's Finland? Hull. Hull? What are they doing in Hull? Half the team are stranded off the coast of Hull, where their ship has run aground. Um, the other half have gone to rescue them, so um, I, I've, I've got about three people from Finland here. The penny-farthing display team are being the worst, and then, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we can't find the flag. What flag? The American flag. So they say to me, you know, decorate the stadium, make it look nice, but I've got no budget for this. So I buy a job lot of flags from the auction house, and, and when I put them up today, there's no American flag, there's no stars and stripes, so um, I've got an empty flagpole. So what have you done? I put up China. China? A China even competing? No, no, they're not. I didn't think anyone would notice. It's just a flag. <laughs> right, and has anybody noticed? Yes. In comes James Sullivan, the head of the American team, and he's like, where's our flag? I can't do the accent, but where's our flag with the goddamn United States of America? And I say, we can't find it. It's an honest mistake. Didn't mean to be a bitch. Didn't mean to upset him. And he said, this is a personal slight to the greatest country in the world. And I say, it's not. The flags were more like bunting, more sort of light decor than a patriotic insult. Anyway, he's brought his own flag. It's massive and they've made me put that up. Oh, Walter, I'm so sorry. This sounds awful. Oh, my God. Now it's raining. No, no. Denmark, that's not where you stand. Walter? Denmark, that's not where you stand. Well, we seem to have lost contact with Walter there, wishing him all the best for the opening ceremony. And now just a few words from our sponsors. Support for this podcast comes from Ostermore Mattresses. If one third of your life is spent asleep, Don't you deserve to be clean and comfortable? Is your bed full of lumps and bumps, sagging in the middle? Have you found a rat in your mattress? Has contaminated horsehair stuffed in your mattress by the prisoners in the curled hair industry in Sing Sing Prison given you malignia, a disease found in South American cattle? Then you need Ostermore. Our mattresses are built, not stuffed, and we know exactly where our horsehair comes from. It's vermin-proof, damp-proof, dust-proof, and a sun bath is all the renovation it ever requires. Use the discount code OSTEMORE10 for 10% off your first OSTEMORE mattress. OSTEMORE. More mattress, less rat. Ladies, do you desire a clear, fresh, transparent complexion? Like see-through. So you can see my skull and my veins and... No, do you want nice skin? Oh, yes please. 
Then try Dr. Campbell's Safe Arsenic Complexion Wafers. Guaranteed to give you that bright flush and available from druggists everywhere. We asked women how they found Dr. Campbell's Safe Arsenic Complexion Wafers and 90% said, uh, I don't actually feel great. Uh, can you ask me later? But uh, my skin is quite nice, so but I can't stress enough how bad I feel. And more importantly, 100% of husbands said... Why is my wife dead? Dr. Campbell's Safe Arsenic Complexion Wafers. Available from druggists everywhere. Well, welcome back. And we pass you over now to an extremely safe pair of hands for the opening ceremony. You're joining us live at the Olympic Stadium in Shepherd's Bush. The newly built White City Stadium for the opening ceremony of the fourth Olympic Games. The crowd just taking their seats and in true British spirit, it's pouring with rain. King and the Queen taking their seats, drums and pipes there from the Scottish Guard, His Royal Highness King Edward VII, eldest son of Queen Victoria and his wife, Queen Alexandra of Denmark. They're being received by Baron de Coubertin, founder of the Olympic Games, with his famous enormous moustache. And here's the Prince and Princess of Sweden, the Prince and Princess of Greece, the King of Norway, and our very own Prince and Princess of Wales, Princess Mary and Prince George, who will one day be king, perhaps, in about 1910. Another trumpet there to signal that we are off. The games have officially begun. I believe we're in for quite the performance tonight. Yes, here it comes. It's eight men on penny farthings. And I think, yes, round they go in a circle. And back the other way. Marvellous. And that concludes the performance part of the evening. Here now comes the Parade of Nations. Uh, this is the first time that athletes are competing as countries as well as individuals. Each country walking with their flag. And for the first time, every country is in a uniform, specially designed, very exciting to see. The red and white stripes of the Austrian flag starting the proceedings. They're dressed in navy blue blazers, very smart. Here comes Australia, the Australian swim team there, having presumably misunderstood the instructions about a team uniform walking in their swimming costumes and their feet, a decision they are no doubt regretting. New Zealand walking with Australia under the banner of Australasia, something they are hating, having been granted dominion in 1907. Here comes Canada, always wonderfully polite, all in white, white shoes, little white caps, white sort of cable knit sweaters and a lovely maple leaf there. Denmark, here come the Danes. A real ripple of excitement here. 22 women marching with the Danish team. This is the women's gymnastic display team and you can hear the crowd there, biggest cheer of the night. These ladies with the classic Edwardian large bun, the pompadour, very popular. Long-sleeved white blouses. And what's really getting the crowd going is their incredibly short skirts mid-calf. We can definitely see ankles and actually at the right angle, a few knees. A few knees there. Incredible daring 
approach from the Danes. Thick wool stockings and a sort of golden brown, perhaps almost an amber. I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but it's very sexy. As you look through the crowd, it looks as though a few of the women have fainted and there appears to be a large proportion of erections from the men. There's nothing that turns a 1908 audience on more than what appears to be a bed sheet buttoned up to the neck and a touch of knee. Queen Alexandra covering over George's eyes lest he rock the boat of their marriage, although I cannot confirm whether George has an erection himself. Okay, Finland here, marching without a flag, and what I believe is the cardboard sign they've stolen from their dressing room, the Duchy of Finland, technically still part of Russia, Russia refusing to let Finland have its own flag and insisting they should be marching under the banner of Russia, but they can do what they like. The Russian delegation haven't arrived yet. Russia are still using the Julian calendar. Uh, we're using the Gregorian calendar. And Russia, I believe, are going to show up to these games 11 days late. Well, good on you, Finland. Only half the team here. The rest of them stranded on a streamliner off the coast of Hull. I'm told that the, uh, the rescue is on its way and they will all get here safely in time for their events. Norway wearing Stetsons, and why not Norway? Why not? Big cheers now as here comes the United States. What an incredibly impressive team, 122 athletes immaculately turned out, stylish yet effortless. There's already been some controversy with the flag. They were very upset that their flag wasn't on display, but luckily they seem to have bought an enormous number of spares. Their flag here, easily about five times larger than anyone else's, carried by Ralph Waldo Rose, the shot putter. We're going to see a lot more of him in these games. Very much the favourite for the standing shot put and the tug of war. Standing at about six foot six, 250 pounds, really, he is an absolutely colossal man. And this is truly a team to contend with. Finally bring up the rear as the host nation, the United Kingdom. Let's see the uniform for the home team. And yes, they are short schoolboy shorts and cardigans. Knees out again, a decision you can see they're regretting. And now all the flag bearers come forward to salute the king. Here they are standing in a row and now dipping the flags. And we're seeing the United States refusing to dip their flag to the king. You can hear the gasp in the stadium. Ralph Rawls, Waldo standing straight in defiance. A couple of countries trying to enforce him to dip his flag. Oh, come on, dip your flag. Dip your flag. Come on, it'd be so nice if you just dip your flag. Everyone's fine. Just dip your flag. Dip it, please. Just dip the flag. He's not doing it. All eyes on him. They're going for a second dip, and yes, once again refusing to dip. But is this retaliation for the flag not being on display? Shouting something, I think. Don't know if you can hear him. The flag dips for the flag dips for no earthly king, I think that's what he says. Well, a huge slight there to our royal family. They're taking it in their stride. America marching resolutely out of the stadium, displaying there an absolute obsession with the flag that I'm sure won't mark their country for years to come. Well, extraordinary behaviour there from the United States setting a precedent that perhaps they will continue to follow for the next 112 years of refusing to dip the flag to the royal family during the Olympic ceremony. Oh my god, you're obsessed. Well, that's all from us today. Join us tomorrow for the tug of war and the barrel leaping. Thank you so much to our guests, Snowy Baker, Nathan Fode and Josh Berry. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>